broadcast. We praise God for it. If you are on the conference line and like to uh, see the service, please go to remnantseedministries.org and it'll be right there on the button called live uh, broadcast. Uh, now, if you are trying to watch and then trying to listen on the conference line, you're trying to watch on the website, your timing will be off. Uh, there's a delay and uh, you're going to get confused. So make a decision. Pick one or the other. Amen. Well, we praise the Lord for the week that has passed. He got us through this week. We thank God for bringing us back together. Many of us were on the road this week and we thank God for bringing us all back home safely. And so at this time, let's join together for a word of prayer and see what God would have to share with us this day. Heavenly Father, once again, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for this special day that you give us, Lord, to look into your word and to call upon your name. So we ask that your spirit would bless us with its presence, Lord. Would you give us the words to say? Would you give us all the ears to hear and a heart to understand? Bless those around the world who are honoring you, Lao. We ask that you would guide and lead and direct the ministers who are teaching them. Father, give your ministers that authority from heaven so your people may hear and obey. And please forgive us for the sins we have committed against you. And Lord, give us that spirit of deliverance so we may go and sin no more. In the name of Jesus, we ask all things. Amen. Once again, happy Sabbath. happy Sabbath. We are in a special season. And it's really a season of revival. But God said this morning, there is no revival without repentance. And he took us through this entire sequence of events, starting all the way back in the book of Exodus chapter 12. And as we walked through this, this program, I, I, we, we saw clearer, more clearer what God was trying to teach us all this time. And what he has been trying to do these thousands of years uh, with his special people. So let's start, if we would, in Exodus chapter 12. And beginning at verse 12, this was right before uh, a season called the Passover. This, uh, uh, God was saying, look, I'm about to do something. And I need you to do something. And so when he said that, uh, 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 he started a process going. Because we, if we go, even if we went all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where man began his existence, God had a plan for man. He had a program. And so now we're in Egypt. We're coming out of Egypt. Why were we in Egypt? Because we got off the plan. So let's pick this plan up in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So it was a, it was a time in, in Israel's experience that they were about to be delivered, and God was making a point. He said, I'm going to come through here because, as I told you earlier in this chapter, that Israel is my firstborn. Since you held my firstborn hostage, I'm going to take your firstborn out. And he said, I'm going to do this in the land of Egypt. And it was interesting that he said that I am going to, uh, uh, against the gods of Egypt. He was going against the gods of Egypt. So we see this, where this battle is. It's against God against God. He said, and I will do what? I will execute judgment because I am the Lord. 
And then he told them what to do. He said, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. Even I smite the land of Egypt. When I smite the land of Egypt. He said, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day even until the seventh day, thy soul shall be cut off from Israel. See, Israel at this point was in what we would call disarray. They, were, they had been, captive, been a captive in the capital of strange gods for many centuries. Because why? They strayed from the way of God. So it was no mystery why they were there. God had told Abram, he said, you know what, I'm going to have a people, but you know what, they're, they're going to do some things and they're going to be captives, but I'm going to come and deliver them. And this was the time of deliverance. See, but the Lord had promised Abraham that he would deliver his people, and no matter what they did, it was time to be delivered. Amen? And so you can be delivered by God and not be repenting or repentive. We see this here. You can be delivered by God without actually obeying what he said to do. Y'all believe that? All of Israel came out, and a mixed multitude came out. You going to tell me these mixed multitude were saved? No, but they were delivered. So being delivered by God is not, a necessary, not necessarily a prerequisite for you uh, 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 being saved. You can be delivered but not be saved. That's why there's no revival without repentance. And so as we go through this, this, this account with the people, with Israel, we'll find out what God needed from them and what they could not give to God. So see, Israel, uh, but, it, see, but in order to understand this, okay, let me go back. In order to understand why God did what he did, why God did it when he did it, and why, how God did it, we got to understand something. We got to understand what Israel was supposed to be. Matter of fact, go to Deuteronomy chapter 14. No, go to Genesis chapter 12. Go to Genesis chapter 12. See, what they were supposed to do before this Passover night, they had to have an exercise of faith. And that exercise of faith was to put the blood on the doorpost, right? And so when they, God said, when I see the blood, I see that work that you did, that work of faith, I will pass over you and I won't let the plague come nigh unto you. That was one thing they had to do. Now, that didn't save them. They didn't know, I'll put it like this, that didn't get them to the promised land. That one act of faith didn't get them to the promised land. That one act of faith caused them not to lose their firstborn. So they were excited about that, wouldn't you be? But in Genesis chapter 12, God tries to begin Israel, and he began it with Abram. In verse 3 of 12, he says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall, be all, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. See, Israel was supposed to be the conduit of wisdom, knowledge, blessings to the rest of the world. He was saying, Abram, everybody that is going to be blessed in every nation will be blessed through you, will be blessed through this nation I am establishing called Israel. Israel was supposed to be that conduit for the Spirit of God. Guess what? 
they failed miserably, didn't they? But God did not go back on his promise. And I need you all to understand that. God didn't quit Israel. Israel quit God. But God was always there to do what? To reestablish the promise he made with Abraham. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 14. He said, I wanted you to be this. I want you to be this. Adam, I want you to be this. Abram, I want you to be this. Joseph, I want you to be this. Israel, I want you to be this. And in 14th chapter of Deuteronomy, chapter, 14th chapter in verse 2, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself, above all the nations that are upon the earth. The Israel was supposed to show the world who the true God is. Remember the battle in Egypt when he said, I'm going against the gods of Egypt? Israel was supposed to stand, simply stand, and show the world who God is. That's always been Israel's assignment, and today it's still Israel's assignment. Do we believe that? God sent them through this exercise of the wilderness to do what, Brother Tony? To try to refine them to try to get them in a mindset in order to be that conduit of his spirit. That's why the wilderness experience was so necessary because they were so in disarray when they came out of Egypt. It was a horrible, well, we won't say horrible. They were a confused lot. There was a mixed multitude. So it required the exercise to cause them to do something called repent. What does repent mean? It means to change, to turn right? See, they came out of Egypt, even though they were delivered by a holy God, they came out as unholy people. They came out as a people whose mindset was so Egyptian, they couldn't understand who God was. But yet, they were Israel. Are we getting the picture yet? Is it making sense? He said, now I have to put you in a mind to repent. I need you to turn from your Egyptian ways. I need you to start thinking and looking and, and acting as me because I chose you to be what? A peculiar people unto me. You're not acting that way. You're acting like the rest of the nations. So let's go through this process because I promised Abraham I would use you to bring in the Messiah and also to bless the entire world. Deuteronomy 8. The exercise was important. There were major changes that needed to be made in the heart of the people because the world needed a revival. Because after, after the, you had the, the, the sin in the garden, you had the sin in Genesis 6, and you had the sin in Genesis 11 with Tower of Babel. The world needed a revival. They needed to be reintroduced to the Lord. And the Lord set up Israel to do this. Now Israel was in a need of understanding that they had to be different than they, what they were currently. But let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because we got to understand, we are living in the season of revival. But only those who have repented can, can be in this revival. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And let's start at verse 2. We're talking about Israel, trying to identify what their purpose was. And verse 2 says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, 
Why did I, I, I lead you this way? He said, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep my commandments or no. The whole experience was trying to refine Israel so they can fulfill the role that Israel was supposed to fill. He said, I took you through this because you needed to be humbled. You needed to what? What else did he say? Uh, uh, to humble thine heart and, and to prove thee and to know if you would do what I ask you to do. Why? Because once I endow you with revival spirit, there'll be no holding you back. And I can't give you that spirit until you repent. Let me bring my pen up here. Hold on a second. <laughs> Is it making sense? Yes. Verse 3 said, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. N neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. He said, I got some things to prove to you, but you got some things to prove to me. He didn't ask you to be strong. He just asked you, would you obey me? He said, Israel, will you trust me? Because I want to use you to revive the planet. There's nothing new under the sun. See, the original bunch that were delivered from Egypt experienced the, the delivering power of God, and, and, and they saw the power of God, and, and, and he saw the power of our God over the gods of Egypt, and, and they were great beneficiaries of the miracle powers of God. See, they went through all those lessons. They saw God defeat Egypt. They saw manna fall from heaven. They saw water come out of the rock. They saw all these things, but yet they would not repent. Why? We studied this morning. Every time they got into a fix, they never trusted God. They murmured and complained. A murmur and complainer cannot be participating in this revival. An unrepenting heart cannot represent the great Jehovah. If you're not willing to change, if you're not letting, willing to let him change you, you can't participate in this. Didn't say you're going to burn. I, you can't participate in the revival work of Israel. And I'm going to tell you something today. Revival has begun. Amen? Amen. See, during the Passover, Israel was instructed to clean their houses of leaven. What did leaven represent in this particular account? Sin. What happened was this. He's, I, need you to, I need you to clean the sin out of your house. Why? Because you're supposed to be a special people. And what I'm about to do with you, you can't have sin hanging around in your house. And he said you could from the first day to the seventh day, don't eat leavened bread. It was a, a symbol. It was an a, a, a object lesson to teach us that sin has to be removed after you have, have, have had that, that exercise of faith by putting the blood on your door. See, there's always something. There was a putting the blood over your door. He said, great, you, you had the faith to put the blood over the door, but now I need you to do something. I need you to repent. I need you to move, remove this sin out of your life. Amen? Amen. With, the, with the ridding of sin was to come, was, was to come a new pattern a new way. When you got rid of the sin, you're supposed to act a different way. You're supposed to have a new approach. You're supposed to have a new dedication. Amen? A, a revival of purpose. 
See, when we were in lockdown, what did you do? It's kind of like a Passover. As, as, it was like the day that the, 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 the plague was coming. And we, he told us to stay in the house, put the blood over the house. When you were in lockdown, did you take advantage of that time? Did you take advantage of the season? See, that was a season of Passover. That was a season of, of, of reacquainting yourself with the Lord. That was, he, he gave you a, a season to sweep the sin out of your life. He touched your heart and said, you need to do something different now because we're about to go into a season of revival and I need this sin out of your life. Did you do that? I remember begging you to do that. Asking you, pleading with you, take advantage of this. Some of you did. It was, it was glorious, wasn't it? And no, it didn't have to start on when the lockdown started. It was a season. Season is never a day. But as the season wore on, I saw different people starting to say, I got to change my life. They didn't even know why they were saying it. They didn't recognize what season they were in. See, that lockdown was a season. Praise the God for the lockdown. I mean, really praise it. Everybody, oh, it's terrible. I can't go to the store. Yeah, but you can get on your knees. Did anybody miss a meal? Don't look like it. Was anybody in distress? No. One thing that it did do for you, you married couples, you spent more time together during the season of that, uh, 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 of the lockdown, than you have in a long time. You remember you used to love those times when y'all were dating. You just could steal away and, 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 and hold hands and just look at each other goofy in the face. But all oh, by day eight of the lockdown, you start saying, ain't you got somewhere to go? And you start looking out of the window like, oh, Lord, is it all right for me to go outside? But it was that time where you learned something about yourself. You learned something about your home. And I pray you learned something about your God. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, did you put the blood over the door? And it looks like somebody put the blood over the door because we are still here today. Amen. Amen? Amen? Go to Second Chronicles if you would. See, because God made a promise. God wanted you in that season of lockdown. He wanted you to do something. And I think some of us did that. And I, I was hoping collectively we did that. And in, in 2 Chronicles 7, we're going to start at verse 13. 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 13, it was time for this. And it was so, what's so, what's so <clears throat> I don't know if it's disheartening. That time is over for this season. And so you, you ain't going to be able to do this in this season we're in now. You're going to have to wait till the season comes back around. Amen? That's why we keep saying, take advantage of the season. Because you got to wait for the, the next one to come back around. And I don't know about you, I needed to learn every lesson I learned during this season. But he said, it's a new day now. It's a new season. And I want my people to understand where they are, what I require, and what I'm about to do. But in, in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 13, it says, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, 
Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Now, you know the locusts are devouring the land right now, don't you? It's the year of the locusts. Man, it's got, I mean, because with locusts, they sleep. And so for certain years, and then it, 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 they wake up. It's the year of the locusts. Man, locusts are tearing up Africa, India. They're tearing everything up. He said, but if I do that, okay, do you have any locusts in your life? Has anybody cleaned you out? He said, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. That, that's what we were in lockdown for, right? They told us we were, you know, pandemic or whatever they call it. He said, if thou allow those things to happen, the advantage that you have is this. If my people, see, this is the reason why you want to be his people. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, this is what you were supposed to be doing in the season of the lockdown. Did you do that? Somebody say yes. Okay, amen. I said it. I did it. Amen. My wife and I. Praise him. If you missed it, you got to wait till next year. But I don't think you did. I think some of you are afraid to say you did. Because you say, yeah, uh, yeah. You didn't do it completely. Nobody asked you, did you do it perfectly? But did you do it? Yeah. Stop trying to put your, equate God's goodness with your ability. God said, just come at me. Come toward me. Do a little. Just do this. But he said, if they would do these things, then I will hear from heaven. Did he hear from heaven? Yes, yes, yes. And I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. Has your land been healed? Yes, yes it has. See, Lynn, at least, Lynn, you saying yes. Thank you, Lynn. The land is, your land has been healed. Why? Because you did what he told you to do in the season. It was time to do it in. See, God has a, has a, has a nice little calendar. He does things certain times. When he says it's time to pray, what season is it? It's prayer season. But oh, I'm gonna tell y'all something. Y'all to be happy. I looked at this congregation. Nobody lost their job. Got a furlough, but nobody lost their job. And even the guy who got a furlough got more money. He didn't know where the money was coming from. Anytime you go to the mailbox and there's a check that you don't know coming, that's a good day. <laughs> Talking to Brother Michael, he said, man, I wish these folks stopped calling me. <laughs> Business is picking up in the midst of a depression. How's that happen? None of you, matter of fact, I put it like this. In that season, I'll say this, Brother Isaiah got a vacation. If my people will humble themselves and pray Amen. Amen. and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he will heal. I mean, he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. Amen. You were healed, weren't you? Amen. God moved on Morgan in the season of repentance. She didn't know why she did it. She put herself out there and things are going well. Amen? Amen? 
That's what I'm talking about, by going to God in the time to go to God. See, a few thousand years later, the Son of God came to lead a revival. You had to think of that about Jesus, did you? He came to lead a revival for Israel. See, God, God picked up where he left off. And, and let's, let's go to Matthew 3. God picked up where he left off in the days of old. See, the first message that was preached in this new revival was the same message that the wilderness experience preached. Let's go. Where are we going, Matthew? Matthew, Matthew chapter uh, 3. Amen. See, Israel never stopped having this assignment, even though they were miserable and they were terrible in, play, in, 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 in performing it. God says, it's still your assignment. Jesus came to revive the assignment. The same message he gave in the wilderness was the same message he gave to this new revival. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. In, in those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, do what? Repent, Repent ye. Was that the same thing the wilderness was trying to get them to do? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Hmm. In the wilderness. It was the same voice in the wilderness that were crying out to the people. They just didn't respond. But John was here to give it again. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. The Messiah was coming. The Spirit of God was coming. And the people would have to change their ways in order to accomplish the command on God's people. Which was to what? spread the word, spread the way. Does that make sense? But there can be no true revival without repentance, and that's why John came. John came, the first thing you read about John, John's saying, repent. The first, sir, the first message that Christ said, did what? Repent and believe the gospel. Amen? But there can be no true revival without repentance, and the Lord wanted to prepare people to take the gospel to the four corners of the earth. See, that's what Israel was supposed to do. That's what Adam was supposed to do. Now they're down here in the day of Christ. It's the same process. But you can't do this revival before you have some repentance. Because you can't take the holy and try to shove it in an unholy mindset. That new wine and old bottle is real. God says, I got a revival. I'm about to do something. He said, I'm a, he, he, he said, I'm about to send my spirit. This is back then here, right? He, sent, he said, I'm about to do this, but I need to prepare a people in order to be able to understand and to be filled by this spirit. See, Christ came to prepare the soil of the heart to receive the power that would orchestrate this great revival. See, but the heart had to be prepared. Acts 2 would have never happened if the heart wasn't repaired prepared. They would have had to wait till the next season. Because Pentecost comes every year. Y'all know that? It wasn't called Pentecost until the Greeks got a hold of the book. It was called the Feast of Weeks. Shavuot, I believe it is. It came every year. Because there was something that had to be done every year. But this year was very special. Christ was here. Christ was here. Christ said, I'm about to revamp this revival, and I'm going to give it some supernatural power. But I need to prepare the soil of the heart of those who will believe. 
Luke 24. Let's go to Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. There was some preparation. See, the wilderness experience was supposed to be preparation. And here we are again with the people being prepared. The same message, but this message needed power. Amen? Amen. Luke 24, verse 45, it says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You see, it didn't change, did it? The, the, the assignment didn't change. He said, but I want you to understand something, that these two things I want you to preach. I want you to preach repentance, and I want you repeat, to preach remission of sin. In verse 48, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye here in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed, endued, I'm sorry, with power from on high. He said, Israel is still my conduit. That's why he said, you all start here. You all start in Jerusalem. He said, the, the soil I prepared, <laughs> he said, start in Jerusalem. Because I'm not changing my plan. I'm not God doesn't change his project. He didn't, he didn't change his covenant. He said, Israel is still Israel. One day we'll figure out who that is. But at this point, God says, look, I got a revival. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here. And I'm going to restart it with the people who have repented and I, let me prepare their heart for the mission at hand. It's the same mission. Spread the gospel. Do you know Adam was supposed to spread the gospel? And here we are, thousands of years later, God saying the same thing. I need you to spread the gospel. See, the revival message of repentance and remission of sin was to be carried to all the people uh, of the world who had and they only could be carried by those who had changed their mind. That's the only people that can carry this message. Change their hearts, change their habits, who had allowed God to change them into what's called willing vessels of the Spirit. Did anybody experience that in the, in the last season? Did you become a willing vessel? Or did you kick and scream and murmur and complain? and worried about things. What are you worried about? I'm not worried. You were scared to death. What are you worried about? If God be for you, who can be against you? That means germs too. But make sure God be for you. Make sure you do what God tells you to do. God never said jump in a river of pandemic water, did he? He didn't say jump into, the, <laughs> into the, 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 the flu vaccine wing at the hospital, did he? But he said, be with me and I'll protect you. Sometimes God can tell you don't do something for your protection. And what's the first thing we do? Just like a kid. You tell a kid not to do something, what, the, what does he want to do? When you turn your back, that's what he's going to do. And kids know that because I watch children. I used to be one of them. Uh, and you would, if you're doing something wrong, the first thing you do is look up. Mm -hmm. yep. 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 
If you're about to do someone, you look up to see if anybody's watching. Right? And I, I thought my mother had eyes in the back of her head. Because she saw everything. And I found out later as a parent, you don't have to see it. You just know what's happening. <laughs> like when it, get, when it gets real quiet in your house, mm-hmm, something's up. You know, because, you know, children have a certain noise. You have children in your house, you're supposed to have certain noise, you know, laughing and, you know, talking to each other and all that. When it gets real quiet, hmm, go check on them. You know, somebody's got a chemistry step, about to blow something up. Somebody, in my day, somebody had an easy bake oven. <laughs> and they left it on too long. And, you know, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, they ain't smoking. You're like, oh, oh, no. Mine was, I broke something. Dad told me, don't use my, my drill. Man, don't use your drill. Daddy worked. <laughs> so I'm out there on the front porch, not knowing that drill bits don't really, like, this particular drill bit doesn't go through concrete. <laughs> now I'm just, this is, this is a hand drill. I don't know if y'all ever seen a hand drill. And I'm not that old, we just had a hand drill. And you're just drilling and drilling and drilling. And then the only thing getting ruined is the, is the, is the, uh, the bit. And so when, when dad is ready to use his drill, uh -oh. hey! yes sir. You've been using my drill. And you can't even lie. You might, it might come out of your mouth, no, but your face says yes. Well, that's how we are with God. God says, I don't want you to do that. And we go do it. And then when he comes in the cool of the day, he says, where art thou? What do you do? So God says, that has to change if you're going to be a people who want to participate in the revival. I need you to do what I ask you to do. I need you to don't do what I ask you don't do. And don't have to worry about why, just say amen. Very good? Amen. But he had prepared some people for this new revival. Let's go to Acts chapter one. Somebody, some peoples became a willing vessel for the spirit and some people understood that repentance was necessary and they didn't mind that process. They said, change me, Lord. Fix me. Make me what you want me to be. Because the season of repentance was, was about to end. They were about to go into revival. They were about to go into the, 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 the harvest time. Now, Acts chapter 1, and we begin at verse 4. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This was an account of when Jesus was talking to the disciples before he was taken up. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith ye, for saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days after. Now, you see, that season was over. The repentance season, because John baptized with what? With water unto repentance. That's what the Bible says, right? But now there was about to be another baptism. And only those who had went through the John baptism could participate in this baptism. You had to go through the repentance before you could get to this Holy Ghost. Amen? And so this Holy Spirit was about to come and start a revival that was going to change the whole world. 
And God was just looking for somebody who's gone through the repentance of John. And I pray you did. I pray that season of repentance, you, 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 you took it on. You said, change me, Lord. How many people were delivered from something during that season? Isn't it true? Isn't he true? Wasn't it the season for that? And so now, if you've been delivered from it, guess what? He says, now let's go on and deliver some more people. And the more you participate in the revival, the less likely you will be to return to what you're used to do. So you didn't get delivered just to sit around and say, I was delivered. You were delivered so you can participate in the revival. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 1. We still reading? Let's go down to 13. These were the people who decided that I would go through the baptism of John and get ready. And when, verse 13 of Acts 1, and when they would come in, they went up into the upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued how? With one accord in prayer and supplication. You see what repentive people do? Their minds change. See, because a little while earlier, they were worried about who was going to be in the kingdom. Who's going to sit on the right hand? Who's going to sit on the left hand? Am I, am I going to get this position? But see, what happened? In the time of repentance, they went with it. And now they're in one accord, one mind. They're exactly where God would want them to be. No one's talking about who's going to be king anymore. No one's talking about if I'm a servant or a master. Everybody is saying, let us be what God would have us to be. They were one accord in prayer and supplication with, with what? With the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. His brethren wasn't listening to him before he was resurrected. But now they, they're with him now, right? Guess what? Some people who weren't with you before will be with, with you if you participate in this revival. I know all of you all are worried about your family members. Did you go through the season of revival? I mean, uh, of repentance. It gave you, it's got to, you are about to get the power to convince them. You was wondering why you couldn't? You didn't have the power. But I prayed. Yeah, yeah, you did. Until you got a repentive heart, you didn't have the power. God heard your prayer. We see evidence of it, don't we? God heard your prayer. He said, yeah. What you are trying to do is requiring Holy Ghost power. And you got to get rid of that before that power can come in. You want power? Get rid of it. Repent and believe the gospel. Be happy with the gospel. Hey, Lord, it's a new way. Be excited about it. Don't grudgingly keep the gospel. Say, I know he's coming. I know the Lord is good. Man, I promise you this. In this revival season, don't say that in front of me. Don't come. Yeah, you know. It's nah, it's revival time, people. Amen. Next year, there'll be another repentant time. There'll be another sackcloth and ashes time. And then you can, you'll fit right in. <laughs> it's time now to be lifted up. Yes. It's time now to move mountains. 
It's time now to experience the presence of his Holy Spirit in your heart, just like it was here in Acts chapter 2. See, a, a repentive heart was found in a few, and now the revival could, can, could commence. See, Lynn, now it can happen. Once you lay your heart down and give it to the Lord, he said, now it can commence. He's just looking for a few, isn't he? How many people were in that upper room? Come on, Bible students. 120 now. Let's go. Come on. That's all right. <laughs> the season for deliverance has come, y'all. And the world will never, would never be the same right here. The world was about to change because God, it's, it's kind of strange because God gave them the law at Sinai the same time he gave them the Holy Ghost. One was one loaf, one was the other loaf. One was the letter, now we got the spirit. And that combination is a, a magnificent combination. See, that letter could kill, and that's what the letter does. But he said, now I'm about to give some power to that letter. Because he was, he was asking us to follow this letter. So you can show, can I can, t can see if you will keep my commandments. Now I'm about to give you some power that not only will you keep my commandments, you'll be able to convince others to do the same. Amen? Acts chapter 2. Let's see what happened now. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that means the, the, the Feast of Weeks was over, the, 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 the seventh Sabbath and the day after the, after, after the last Sabbath, it, it, was, it was fully come. They were still where? All with one accord in one place. They still had this one mindset that I will be used by my Lord. I will participate in this revival. Amen? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with what? the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The reason why they, the Spirit did that is because there were people from all nations there. There were Jews from the outcasts, from the lost tribes, not from the lost tribes, from the tribes that were separated. They, they had come from Arabia. They had come from India. They, had come, they were, all came together because this was the time that God was about to do something. And so God wasn't trying to show out and let everybody speak languages. He said, man, this is going to be the revival. I'm going to speak in a language they can understand so they can take this message of remission of sin and the gospel and take it back to their country because this, this revival is going to be worldwide. And it was, wasn't it? It was the season of revival. And a matter of fact, go to the book of Joel. It was the prophecy being fulfilled. Joel, Joel, J-O-E-L. Chapter 2, there was a prophecy. You know, a prophecy can be fulfilled twice. In one season, another season. See, we say, oh, that, that was it. That's when it happened. He said, that was one time it happened. Oh, y'all going to learn the Bible in a little while. <laughs> and Joel, chapter 2, verse 28, will begin. It was a prophecy being fulfilled. Joel 2.28 says, And it, sh it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Did he do it? 
and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Did, they, did the sons and daughters prophesy? Your old man shall dream dreams. Their old men were dreaming dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, or my servants, and upon the hands, man, may, I'm sorry, handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. It's very important to see that. He said, I have handmaids. I mean, I have women servants. Remember who was in that upper room? And the women. He made sure he wrote that down. And the women. And he used this and said, he said that the, uh, the servants, or the, the men, uh, and also upon the men servants, and upon the women servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So guess what? God is not a chauvinist. But women, get it together if you want to be part of this. We all have a lot to overcome. If you're going to be a member of the revival, you got to let some things go. And the, to the degree you let those things go in the lockdown is the degree you'll be effective in the time of the revival. If you did a little bit, guess what? You're going to have a little revival. And that's good. Nothing wrong with a little revival. Amen? If you gave your whole heart to the Lord, watch out, everybody around you. Cloven tongues will be nothing. Fire will be nothing. Y'all going to go around and burn up the devil. Amen? All right. Well, now if you are. We got to do this, y'all. See, we're living right now in the season of revival. We just saw the two histories of revivals, didn't we? We saw deliverance from Egypt. We saw Acts chapter 2. Guess what? We're living in this season now. We're living in the season of revival. Many people of the world are looking. Many people are praying. Many people are needing the way of God to be shown to them from a people who have repented. Let me tell y'all something. Romans chapter 2. See, we prayed for you all during that time of, of repentance. Sometimes three times a day. Sometimes I just get sick of calling your name. No, I don't get sick. I said, Lord, let them hear. Let them quit. Let them take up. Let them see this is the time. You are about to move. And all those who moved will see the salvation of the Lord. Now, I'm not telling you there's not going to be another season. They come around every year, don't they? Maybe you can learn from the last one when you did a little. And so next time when the season comes, you'll be jumping for joy. You can't wait for the season of repentance. But God says, There's a, I'm about to make a move. See, God really wants to refine us. He wants to take away the dross of our lives. I have been encouraged. I've seen changes in you. All of us. Even though you didn't know you were changing, I've seen it. And I, I thank the Lord for it. I look at the children. There have been changes in the children. 
I know y'all think your children bad. Yeah. You're right. But there have been changes. Because the spirit is moving. And this is the power of God. This is the tip of the iceberg. He's about to move. And he wants you to move with him. Amen. See, I've, designed, I've seen in you all a desire to rid yourself of the foolishness. You have no ability to do so. He didn't ask you to have the ability, did he? He said, just have, me, have the desire to do it. Do you know this is happening to you right now? We are in the season of revival. Romans chapter 2. And the lesson and the plan has not changed. Romans chapter 12, I'm sorry, in verse 2. 12. Romans chapter 12, in verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that ye may be part of the revival, that your mind has been transformed because repentance has occurred. You have turned from your wicked ways. Is that what he asked us to do in Chronicles? He said, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways. If you have done that, it's time for revival. See, it starts with you, though. When they were in Acts 2, that spirit hit them before it hit them. <laughs> it hit them personally. It flowed through them. And so when you feel that spirit began to flow through you, know that you're going to start flowing to somebody else. Because that's what this thing is all about. Yes. Amen? Yes. Go to Luke 10 and we'll close. It's a good day, isn't it? Yes. It's a good season. Yes. 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 I mean, look at the sun is sheep shining. Tomatoes are growing. Peppers ain't, but the tomatoes are growing. <laughs> God is saying, it's time now. I need you to come out of the cloud, the dark cloud you've been under, that depression you've been under, that, that doubt you've been under. He said, it's revival time now. Come on out of here. Amen. And I want to use you to bring other people out. Amen. We were talking to dear brother on the phone yesterday, I believe it was, and he and his wife were calling people because a few of their friends had committed suicide. See, y'all don't know the darkness some people are going through. They couldn't take it any longer. That pressure was too much. They didn't know what to do. That's your assignment. It's time to set those captives free. But if we are in the, in, in the bluesville, if we are depressed, if we are afraid, who are we going to help? He said, I'm going to lift you up because I'm going to use you to lift others up. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, after these things the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come therefore said he unto them the harvest truly is great but the laborers are few pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would what send forth you into the harvest, yes. the laborers. Yes. It's time for us to get out of ourselves and understand that there's a job to do. 
The harvest is great. Where are the laborers? The laborers are those who went through the season of repentance with God, who got cleaned up with God, now wants to be used by God to bring the message of salvation to others. How can you bring a message of salvation when you are down and out? Has God blessed you? Let me rephrase that. Because every time I say, has God blessed you, you think about your wallet. Has God blessed you? Has he turned you? That's the miracle. He tur- I'll, I'll put it like this. I don't want to offend. He turned me. See, I can talk about me. He turned me. I mean, in a weird way. He said, keep going. There's always more. Amen? Amen. But the harvest is great, y'all. People are, start- People are going to begin to open the door. Are you ready to walk in it? People are going to start saying, I remember when you said. People are going to say, I, I don't know what I need to do. And you, because you had an Acts 2 experience, will be able to speak in a language that will help them understand the gospel. Yes. 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 Now don't get too excited. I'm not saying you're going to learn Spanish but you're going to learn a language that they're going to respond to. You'll be able to talk about things that you don't even know anything about. Because that's what they need. That's how they're going to hear. Because the harvest is great. And he's just looking for some repentant laborers. Isn't this wonderful? It's the season of revival. We need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for our church. We need to pray for our loved ones. We need to pray for this country. The devil is really trying. But we just need a few more laborers. See, everybody's afraid. We're on a powder keg now. Somebody's holding a match. Oh, that's an old analogy. I'm sorry. How about this? The house is on fire and people got gasoline cans in their hand. How about that? They want this thing to blow, y'all. But oh, there's a God. And what's wonderful about it is if you're with him, you can be a laborer. And when we see what's happening, these young African Americans as we were talking about this morning nothing changed nothing changed they're just showing it to you now but I believe there's a God that can change things and I believe he's just looking for somebody who will stand and help in that process I believe he'll give us the discipline but more than that, he'll give us the power. Because you're going to get harassed. You're going to get pulled over. You're going to get in situations that you can't think your way out of. But there's a God that said, 
you are mine. Do what I ask you to do. I was reminded of that yesterday with uh, Brother Antonio. God is God. And, you know, we, we expect these, these things to fall out of the sky, the big choir to sing every time God comes in, and, you know, there's some, you know, big movie. God just moves. He moved with us yesterday. Uh, when we were putting this thing together, he had every person that could be a problem approach us. <laughs> every person that you see on television abusing people that look like us came to us. Amen. But one thing about it, there was no fear. And not because, you know, Antonio can fight. It was no fear. We walked toward them. Now, y'all don't get that. <laughs> Talked to them. Took the, you know, the blows as they tested us. Ended up them giving us stuff. Amen. Instead of beating us, they were giving us. Tell me that there is not a God. God said, y'all are mine. You're doing what I ask you to do. Have no fear. But I want you to do something. I want you to be a laborer in the great harvest. But Tony, I don't know if you recognize something. We got on our knees and prayed in the middle of that field. That didn't go unnoticed. Because God said, y'all need to pray. So we prayed. I want you to see the hand of God throughout this whole process. And I want you to hold it. And I want you to apply it in every aspect of your life. If God be for you, please understand that that's the part that we have to get straight. If God be with you. So you know what you need to be? What God told you to be. You know what you need to be doing? What God told you to be doing. Then you know God is with you. So when they pull you over and they call six quad car, you just sit there. Do what you got to do. Because God is with me. See, I'm not talking about something we saw on television. This happens in this, in this congregation. And guess what? We are still here. And then he's saying, look, I wanted to show you who I am because I'm about to send you as sheep amongst the wolves but I need you to have faith and trust in me. I don't need you to look at with your eyes. I don't need to look with your, with your understanding. I need you just to go where I ask you to go. But only people who have given their heart to God can do this effectively. So do, if, you, if you want to be a laborer in the harvest, you got about another hour to repent, to turn. And he'll turn you just like that. It doesn't take long. But ask him to do that. Because I want you all to participate in this revival. Yes. And I keep warning you, you ain't going to have enough chairs in here if you would just be true. He showed me the other day, we got to close. The reason why we don't is because we haven't. The reason why this place isn't full is because we haven't repented. He kept telling me over the years, I'm not sending the multitudes 
until you get to this certain point. Why would I send somebody whose last hope is you and you turn them away? It's happened before. Some of you all weren't here. I mean, not physically here, but in this group. People were coming and asking and looking. But there was a few who had, didn't have a repentant spirit, who caused all kind of havoc, and people went away. That won't happen again, will it? And I'm going to tell you why. Because God says that's enough. And I plead with you. I plead with you. I ain't Aaron or Moses. But we've been, we've been in the dust praying. I plead with you. Don't do that. God says this is it. And he wants to, he wants to use you. But guess what? The devil has been using you. So you want to cut that out? Please? Will you? Will you not get, get drug into it? Will you not be, con you, know, you know how you, know, you get, you know, kind of drug into a conversation? We're going on a revival now. And God is going to deliver us. And he wants to use us to deliver other people. So get used to it. Be happy. Does anybody smile? M M Michael, please. Okay. Sister Sherry? Sherry, okay. Smile. Why do you get so quiet? All right, let's pray. 